Hello, hello, you're listening to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I'm your host, Rebecca Kling. And I'm your host, John Esipredo. Welcome back. Uh, we've got another key race. And we are here today to talk a little bit about the 2017 elections. Not just the presidential. Stuff happens every year. That's true. Actually, stuff happens all the time. There's special elections. There's midterm elections. There are elections always going on. People think that only happens once every four years. And this was a really big election, even though a lot of the races were relatively small. It was a little contrast from 2016. Um, that was a lot of contrast from 2016. Like, do you remember us the next morning? I think for maybe a week, most of what came out of my mouth was, uh, <laughs> like, it was it was awful. And then this past week, eight trans people won races uh, somewhere in the country. So the, the one who maybe got the most coverage was Danica Rome to the Virginia House of Delegates. Andrea Jenkins and Philippe Cunningham uh, are two black trans people now on the Minneapolis City Council. And there's just a ton of other ones. There's city councils in California, in Georgia. Um, the board Lisa of- Middleton, Steph, was it Steph Coons? Uh, yes, we'll say that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's written K-O-O-N-T-Z. Coons. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then there was a trans guy, Tyler Titus, who was elected to a school board in Pennsylvania. Yes. That's super exciting. That No, and that's huge. I mean, think about, like, the, how many bathroom bills we had to defeat. And now there's an open trans person who was elected to school board. In, in Pennsylvania and then Jerry Cannon in New Hampshire. Yes. That's huge. That is huge. And there, there were governor's races in New Jersey, which we expected to go Democrat, and in Virginia, which was more of a toss-up and is very exciting. Seattle elected their first lesbian mayor. Virginia now has two Latina state legislators, which is a first. Yeah. Like, that's all Ayala awesome. Guzman. But Rebecca, you said you weren't as charged up about, as charged up with hope as I was. Yeah, I wanted to be more excited because these races are big and important. But I just, I was not as excited as a lot of the people I was seeing posting on Facebook or on social media or people I was talking to, um, friends of mine who reached out, who shared, wanted to share their excitement. And all of that is amazing, and I just can't get there. Why do you think that is? I think it's a bunch of stuff. And, and I want to be really clear, this is not to downplay anything about the election. The results were important, and in very, very real terms, ways, this opens the door both to more trans elected officials, as well as trans people having a more direct voice in governing bodies across the country. And like every part of that is awesome. At the same time, I feel like I have a hard time putting down what feels like an epic and ever-growing list of awfulness that is still out there. So we have the ongoing push to restrict immigration policies, a lot of which are targeting uh, Muslims. There feels like there's a mass shooting every week, and that at least... That's because there is a mass shooting yeah. every week. <laughs> and at least politically, there isn't this will for any sort of gun reform. Um, people keep talking about, well, maybe it's a mental health issue, but certainly it feels like the Trump administration wants to dismantle uh, health care anyway. So, like, sure, it's a mental health issue, not a guns issue, but we're still not going to do anything about it, and that's really frustrating Um, We've already broken records for the number of trans people murdered in 2017, and we still have the rest of the year to go. 
The Department of Education is run by someone who doesn't believe in a strong public school system. The Department of Energy is run by someone skeptical of global warming. Syria and um, Nicaragua have joined the Paris Climate Accords, meaning that the United States is literally the only country on the planet that has not joined the Paris Climate Accords. And all of that layered with like tensions in North Korea, Senator Corker questioning whether uh, Trump should have the authority to use nuclear weapons, like all of that, I had a hard time letting go. I feel like my entire body since November 2016 has been clenched, but that for a lot of people it felt like the election results let them like unclench a little bit and I just still feel so tense about everything. Well, that was a Debbie Downer. I know, and I don't... I mean... I don't want to just be a stick in the mud. Um, you were really excited. Yeah. And I would love to hear, like, I want to be... I want to be where you are in terms of um, being charged up about what just happened. So, like, help me get there. What have you been so excited about? I'm not disagreeing with any All of that is true, but... I don't want anyone to underestimate the importance of Tuesday, especially for people of color, for women, for LGBTQ folks. I mean, the eight trans people that were elected to office, like, it's hard enough as a trans person to get a job. And with a, like, and that's only convincing one person. To get elected to office, you have to get a whole coalition of people behind you to support your candidacy and to vote for you. And and the vast majority of those people aren't trans. Like, for elected officials to be winning doesn't only mean that trans people are supporting each other, but that cis folks are voting for us. And, like, that is awesome. That is really great. Yeah. And so I don't want anyone to underestimate, like, how huge Tuesday was. When I think back to where I was when I was 10, for example, I could not have envisioned the world in which we live in today. Both good and bad, you know? By that time period, the only trans, like, representation was the Maury Pulvitz show or Jerry Springer. Can a man ever be as glamorous as a woman? We have 13 beautiful women on our show today. Only the catch is that some of them are actually men. Or these characters that were in soap operas that were played by men. Well, and one of the things that was really cool after the election, I know we have both saw this, were trans young people who were excited. I could not have envisioned when I was a young person that I would live to see that, you know? That was just not my reality. And th- this happened, like, th- their radical change is possible. Sometimes we are so busy swimming, we are so busy, like, focusing on all the work that needs to be done that we forget to look over our shoulder and realize how far from the shore we've swam. And we've actually come a long way. And so, yes, we have so much more work to be done, but sometimes we need to, like, take our wins where we could get them. Absolutely. And Tuesday night was a huge win. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And also, like, I feel like a huge takeaway is that we're not victims of of our politics. We, we can, we have a government formed by the people and either that means something or it doesn't. And sometimes that means that we can't wait for other people as, as you often joke, you know, be the change. Yeah. Like the people who ran, they weren't career politicians. 
you know, like, we work and live in D.C. We know what career politicians look like and who they are. You know, the people who ran and won, not just ran, but won, these are average folks. These are women. These are Latinas, uh, black women, trans people, a Sikh one in New Jersey. Like, uh, it, these are average Americans who felt compelled for whatever reason because they saw something or were impacted personally and said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to run for office. And they did it, and they ran, and they took a little bit of that power. You know, we are Americans, and we this democracy belongs to us. It does, it's not this foreign entity, and we need to start seeing ourselves as part of this conversation and not just allowing the conversation to take place without us. For however slow, however incomplete, however harshly, loudly, rudely challenged at each point along our journey in America, we can create the change that we seek. I feel like I, it is important for me, for my own mental health, quite frankly, and also like as an activist and as an advocate, to sometimes take that deep breath. And, and it, it is so easy to focus on where there are problems. And that's the type of person I am in some ways. Like, I'm going to keep that list in my mind and it's going to drive me awake at 3 a.m. to be panicked about whatever new horrible thing is happening in the world. It's 3 a.m. and there's a crisis. Who do you want answering that phone? Apparently it's going to be Rebecca on Reddit. Um, <laughs> do you remember that? I do, what a weird... You remember that from yeah, like 2008? Where that was, I think, Obama... No, that was Hillary Clinton's ad. It was like, it's 3 a.m. in the White House. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. So I do really appreciate the, the like... <laughs> the levity that I bring to the situation. And just reminding me that not everything is awful all of the time. That, yeah, like, there are things that are... You could be a Debbie Downer. Well, and it's also, like, work is draining right now, and I'm really missing my Chicago family, both chosen and biological, and it's getting colder and the days are getting shorter. Like, I know... Yes, there are a lot of awful things happening in the world. Also, I am in a place right now where that's what I see. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm having a harder time seeing what's exciting. Also, when we're, like, as activists, our job is to kill, like, I need to stop saying that, is to, like, defeat all the bad pieces of legislation, right. respond to them, mobilize. We rarely ever have opportunities to, like, celebrate once, especially now. A win is like not allowing something bad to take place, you know, as opposed to doing something proactive. Right. A lot of the, the victories we've had over the last year, and they are victories, but a lot of them have just been sort of holding the line. Yeah. And so it's different for us because we're also like swimming in that stuff. Yeah, that makes like, sense. You know, like we're constantly having to respond to it. We're constantly like aware. It's hard to like shut it off. Right. So I feel like it impacts us in a different way. All the more reason to take our wins where we could get them. And it sort of feels like, um, it makes me think of the, it's not you, it's me. I feel like this is the, it's not you, it's me of election talk. Oh, it's totally you. <laughs> Thank so you. So not me. That's, that's lovely. I meant you, the election. Like, it's not you, election. Election, you were great. It's me, voter. For being a Debbie Downer. Yeah, I am a Debbie Downer. <laughs> The thing that I think I want to um, hold on to then, first, I need to keep reminding myself that, like, 
be optimistic. Don't you be a grumpy when the road gets bumpy. I don't know what's Just happening smile, right now. smile, smile, be yeah. happy. So the thing I think I want to take away is, first, the, the number of voters who were allies. Mm-hmm. Like, to remind myself that there are a ton of people out there for whom being trans is not an automatic disqualification in a way that five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and in far too much of the country today... And in conservative districts. Right. Being trans is still considered a disqualification automatically for almost anything. And at least in these places, in these, these, I guess, seven places, because Philippe and... Well, I guess they're different parts of the city, but in these seven or eight places across the country, that is just not true. We can demonstrably say, look, these constituents, these voters didn't think being trans disqualified someone from public office out of hand. We still want to know what their positions are. I think Danica did a great job talking about things like congestion and infrastructure and schools. And so she was really able to frame it as like, no, I'm representing everyone. And she threw some amazing shade. Well, let me put it this way too. Starting next year, Delegate Marshall will be one of my constituents. And I'm not going to attack my own constituents. I think if there's any lesson that comes out of the race this year, it's that attacking your constituents, singling them out, stigmatizing them, and trying to just make people feel bad about themselves, that's not our Virginia. We are a country of, like, 320 million people. I think somewhere around that. And we have, like, every single religion, language ethnicity creed from around the world and for the most part we tend to get along there's more that unites us than divides us one time we had a conversation about us versus them and you said i think if we if a person is able to bridge that gap between us and them a lot can happen there i am just really smart sometimes i think it's unfair that you are (laughs) quoting back my own words at me Because that feels like you're now backing me into a corner where I have to agree with you. Yeah. I think you should not be allowed to take my own words and use them against me. I love when you agree with me because agreeing with me forces you... Wait. I love when you agree with me because I am forcing you to agree with me to agree with yourself. That's deep. No. I come up with some good stuff. You come up with some stuff. Um, well, I, I feel like that is is always a helpful reminder that, that being trans is not the only thing about us as yeah. like as a community, that we yeah. are also... Drivers that need to get mm-hmm, to work, and mm-hmm. this road is all messed up, and you know what? I'm going to run for office because the elected official who's supposed to be representing our interests is more focused on bathroom bills as opposed to fixing the road so that people could get to work. Well, that feels like an optimistic place to leave things. In all seriousness, like, let's think about what we can do to work together rather than work against each other. Uh, In the meantime, you can work together, listeners, to tell your friends about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. You can uh, find us now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and we are working on getting our feeds elsewhere. Um, I am told that if you do rate and review us, it really helps us out. If not, you can still share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, Carrier Pigeon. And we're still available on iTunes. Yes. 
make a uh, make a if you can make a GeoCities website, that would be really helpful to get the word out. Or like some Angel Fire. These are like oh some my god, if we could get one of the Russians to retweet it. Yeah, if we could get some fake news backing us, that would be really lovely. What? But in the meantime, tell your friends, stay warm, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. We should remind people that anything we say, blah, 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 what is that? <laughs> Joanna's looking at me for the disclaimer. The views expressed on this program are are, are our own. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> the views expressed on this program are our own and do not reflect the views of our employers. We are not speaking on behalf of our employers.